I'm Kevin Bachman. On this episode of Background Check Radio, I'll recap the 2022 PBSA Annual Conference, what I liked, didn't like, and what didn't surprise me at all. Stick around. I'm back home after a great and certainly more normal PBSA show. Today I'll run through my thoughts after a 48-hour sprint through Denver's Gaylord Hotel and Resort. Some of my takes may be a little funny, a little sarcastic, but overall I think you'll you'll really enjoy today's podcast. Okay, let's start with a few shout-outs. The Best Dressed Award by far goes to incoming PBSA chair Scott Maloney. Scott, each day his outfit got more and more dapper. By Tuesday, I swear there was a GQ magazine photographer hiding behind the corner that we couldn't see. I told him right before I left, I Scott, I said, I imagine you roll out of bed and head downstairs to make breakfast for the family, each day rocking a dope suit with perfectly coiffed hair. Who wants pancakes, guys? <laughs> All right. Uh, the best booths. Convergence and Affirm. Why? Because they bet on themselves. They really stepped up with very prominent booths and locations and, and spent the money to do it. I'll be honest, the provider space is going through a lot of transition right now. Anyone who's been paying attention over the last couple of years has seen this play out. Secure Tech and Innovative are gone, now part of the Equifax family. Wholesale and SJV, two of the largest providers in the space previously, are now jointly owned and have rebranded as Informed Data. You know, Taz, Inform Equifax, they're always going to take up prominent booth space, right? But I spent a lot of time thinking about marketing and, and how we differentiate ourselves from the competition. My good friend and marketing savant, David Jeffries, always asks, what's your why? Why should you choose me, right? So when, when I think of him and I, and, and I look at our space, I'm, I'm kind of starting to believe that a message centered around we're not them may be a really effective line of attack. And I think it works regardless of who you are, right? We're not huge. That's why you should choose us. We're not small time. That's why you should choose us. I'm not usually a fan of marketing that implies the negative, but with everyone touting the affirmative, you know, maybe you just get lost in the shuffle as everyone claims they and they alone are the best thing since sliced bread. There's certainly more open space if you're out there saying, I'm not them. And I don't think the vendor space is nearly as collegial as it was 10 or even five years ago. There are fewer and fewer reasons to, to work with an extensive number of providers. And I think the smaller and regional providers. So I, I, I do think Inform and Equifax are common for everybody. And it's going to be fascinating to see how mid-size and regional providers push back. It is all-out war in the provider space right now. Okay, up next, and, and building upon that, uh, booth overkill. But for now, I kind of think it's all good. So what do I mean by that? By my estimate, Equifax and Informed Data sent small armies to this show. Equifax over 30 people, Inform 20 plus. I, I can't imagine what that conference travel and hotel budget looked like. But these are smart companies run by really smart people with some big money behind it. So maybe they're onto something. Equifax specifically. It, it is no secret people don't like Equifax, and most of that vitriol is aimed at the work number. But Equifax has done a really nice job of retaining employees from companies they've previously acquired. As I mentioned before, SecureTech, Innovative, APRIS. 
You know, I talked to my good friend Chad LaFon at the show, Danielle Hartberger, among others. They're still there. Now, maybe people will dislike them less if every time they go to a show, they see an old friend that they've worked with for 5, 10, 15 years. Think of your cable provider, your cell phone provider. I don't hear a ton of love from people about AT&T or Comcast, but they've built one hell of an empire, and Equifax is trying to do the same. It's not the, whether it's intentional or not, it's not the worst strategy I've ever heard. Next, first-time or infrequent exhibitors. I'll start with my good friend's qualification check, an international verification shop who had the amazingly good fortune to be able to fly direct to Denver from London. Uh, there were a number of new companies on the scene. Some of them were rebrands, and I'm, I'm sure I won't be able to name all of them, but some of the new were infrequently attended sponsors I saw. IQ Research, BAK Research, Reliance, IntelliCheck, Verimark, Synergy Wellness, Gryphon, Yodi. There were over 60 exhibitors in, in total, and I think that was a great mix for this show. What was my biggest regret? My biggest regret was flying home early and missing the booth selection meeting for the 2023 mid-year. Perversely, and it's a meeting I try and sit in on every year, it's just really entertaining to see the jockeying for booth location. And, and part of the reason it's fun is, you know, stress aside, it's a really fun room. And you can tell while it's important, it's, it's mostly made up of the same group of people who've been doing this twice a year with each other for a really long time. If you haven't sat in this meeting uh, at a PBSA show next year, I really recommend that, that, that you make time for it. My biggest compliment to the PBSA staff and the hotel. What a really nice space, guys. And staff was great, no lines at the registration desk, always available to help with a last minute PowerPoint presentation printout. And yes, I'm looking at me <laughs> for my session on Monday. Uh, the food at the hotel was great and room temperatures were awesome, which is typically the number one complaint at a conference. What am I most grateful for? Everyone who came to the iCubed Advisors happy hour on Sunday. And from the size of the bar tab, it looks like more and more people are learning that we're doing it for the first few hours uh, on Sunday before the show starts and that they're looking for something to do. We love doing it last year or earlier in the year in D.C. We love doing it this year, and we'll do the same uh, in Washington in, in early 23. What's the best combination of a new, or excuse me, the best continuation of a new idea? For probably the fourth year, we saw a number of exhibitors partnering to throw a bigger Monday night bash. So this year, we had seven companies coming together to jointly sponsor the Monday night event. Inform Data, Tazworks, BISI, Data Divers, TransUnion, Truve, and i3Screen. And it worked. Close to 400 people attended. You know, let's face it. These things are expensive. But doing them jointly, I think, allows for a better, more elaborate experience. And the cornhole tourney was, was a blast. I was looking forward to that for weeks. It did not disappoint. Props to Chris Gareths of BISI for running the bracket on what appeared to be the kind of paper packaging you'd see from an 1880s general store. Uh, Nato Gwyneth works. Mark Weinberg of Data Divers, they served as the referees, did a great job. And as for us, Tim Santoni of Santoni Investigations and I, we teamed up. And we finished third of 59 teams, which we're pretty proud of. Uh, take it from me, uh, that man can throw a cornhole bag, that's for sure. Uh, biggest surprise, 874 people. Now, the annual conference is always bigger, and we knew we'd have a good number. But 
This seemed to be the first, okay, let's do this event in our industry since Corona. A lot of people, great turnout. What's the biggest non-surprise? Biggest non-surprise for me was the continued lack of participation from the largest CRAs in our space. Now, aside from simply recognizing this fact, I would like to step back and discuss four things. Why I'm not surprised, why it doesn't really bother me that much, why, why I don't expect it to change, and what it means. So as I make the following comments, I'll kind of touch on all four of these areas at the same time. So setting the stage, I mentioned a second ago, 874 people attended. 74 of them were virtual, subtract the sponsors, and PBSA had an even 500 attendees. By my partner Jason Morris's and I's research at iCubed Advisors, we estimate that five companies, Accurate, Checker, Hyrate, First Advantage, and Sterling, we estimate these five companies control 63.6% of the screening market. Not that we're trying to be exact <laughs> or anything. So first, there's no money in the room for them. And that's not a knock, you know, but, but it's true. Sterling's vendor relationships aren't going to be enhanced if their head of procurement talks to the owner of a criminal record research company Tuesday at 10 a.m. on the exhibit floor. But a $4 million CRA's relationship absolutely will be enhanced. There's just different things at the show for different people. Second, there's not much they can learn from the programming. And that's not a knock on the programming or, or PBSA or the Education Committee. Larger companies just don't need to hear from the outside counsel. They either have their own counsel and likely work with many of the lawyers who attend as outside counsel anyways, as presenters. But if they need to hear something that is impactful to the future of their business, they heard about it long before Pam Devada's general session. So I compare this conference to a conference that started Wednesday, the day after PBSA ended, and that's the HR Tech Show in Vegas. For while every large company I did not see at PBSA, nor was I surprised I did not see them at PBSA, I can't go three seconds on LinkedIn without stumbling over post after post after post on how they're exhibiting there. They're going to where the money is, and it's at HR Tech. They're not going to where the knowledge is, which is PBSA, because they, they don't need the association as broadly for the knowledge piece to run their businesses. They can handle that internally. But there's a flip side to this observation. Small and mid-sized companies still need, still participate, still see value, and still attend these conferences, especially the legal sessions. And of course, we can't discuss some of the legal sessions without starting with Pam Devadas. I always enjoy Pam's approach. It's a mix of where we were, where we are, and where we're going. So it's a blended history lesson with insights into current litigation trends and an eye on what creative plaintiffs' attorneys are thinking about as they canvass, and yeah, I think canvass is the right word, as they canvass for CRAs to sue and class actions to build. Uh, a quick funny note on Pam's session. So Pam spoke at 3 o'clock on Monday, but her session usually isn't that early. So around 3.10, when I saw no one in the hallways and no one in the exhibit hall, I knew exactly why. So... Sorry, Pam, I missed the first 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, the last thing I'll say about Pam is she knows her audience well. Uh, she's aware that, yes, we need to hear her insight, but she also knows that she's the last thing standing between us and the open bar or the evening sponsored event. So she does a nice job getting us out on time. Um, although I was on a plane because I left a little earlier, I was happy to see Scott Paler get a primetime speaking slot, the caboose, as he called it when we chatted. Uh, Scott's a great speaker and uh, looking forward to hopefully at the next show 
seen my man Bill Simmons up there. Uh, he frequently presents, and uh, I think he will uh, next time. Uh, a couple additional thoughts on the programming. I think the association and these conferences are, are really hitting the mark in terms of what they're attempting to do. They're attempting to provide learning opportunities to support the entire organization. I, I mentioned um, a few minutes ago the Marketplace Research Report that Jason Morris and I have built. We, we're tracking more than 300 companies in our space that we estimate have $4 million or less in annual revenue. Why 300? Because that's where we decided to stop counting. There's more out there. Those companies need PBSA, and it was really nice to see many of them in attendance. But I saw a lot of lawyers in front of podiums this week. By my rough count of 34 or so education sessions, 17 of them had lawyers, about 50%. The rest were a, a mix of internationally focused sessions, business focused, uh, drug and tenant screening focused. Now, part of this is on us. Content is user generated. We're all invited to participate and submit our session ideas. And yes, PBSA at times will identify an interesting topic and find a speaker to present on it, as they've done with me several times. And, and I know because I present several sessions each each show. Uh, if you submit that often enough, you're probably going to get a chance to speak at some point, provided the content is compelling and applicable to the audience. But PBSA and the Education Committee can only approve what's submitted. And, and I like that there's a peer review process where volunteers can weigh in with their thoughts. I think that process is awesome, by the way, and I'll happily participate as long as they let me. But I'd be interested in a cross-section review of the level, the job function of attendees. And this is nothing more than anecdotal observation, but I feel like I just don't see as many executives and business owners at the show as I used to. I don't have a data point on this, so it, it's just a feeling. And I wonder, might the programming have something to do with it? But as I think back to my earlier comments, the hundreds of members in our space, I'm sure they are very appreciative of the legal and compliance sessions. But I wonder if that inadvertently makes it less appealing for the larger, more established organizations to participate, or at least send senior leaders to the show. Again, it's a rock and a hard place for sure. Observations, no criticism, and I don't have a better, I don't have a way to build a better mousetrap on that. On to a few of the sessions. Uh, first, the iCubed Advisors session. On, on Monday, my partners, Nick Fishman, Jason, and I led a discussion on how to find the right buyers for your products. I'm firmly of the opinion that one reason we don't sell enough is we don't always get an audience with the right buyer. And we take one shot, then we slink back to the office with our tail between our legs and wonder why the head of recruiting, the person in charge of acquiring talent, poo-pooed our recommendation to buy post-hire monitoring solutions which is a product more geared towards security and risk officers. We spent some time talking about how, when, and where to find those buyers during our session and the benefit of having multiple connections within a company. The more people who know you and like you, the lower probability that you're going to lose an enterprise account just because one person left their position. Uh, two other sessions of note uh, on Tuesday, Bill Wildler, Nick, and Chad Askar. Uh, Bill at Informed Data and Chad at Sisive led a discussion on inflation in the space and how to best adapt to changing economic and financial conditions. I think it was, was uh, nice because uh, a week or two earlier, Jason and I uh, did a webinar on that topic where we analyzed the issue in, in combination with a qualitative industry study we did. Uh, I'm going to put that webinar on the podcast, by the way, over the next couple of days. But I think Bill and Chad had a, a, a really detailed, insightful 
conversation where they gave some real concrete takeaways on how uh, CRAs, vendors, et cetera, in our space can manage all these moving parts at once, uh, protect their margins, keep their employees, retain talent. I, I, I thought it was a nice full circle presentation they did. Uh, another session I saw, and unfortunately I had to leave a little earlier, um, selling a CRA, the legal considerations behind it. I thought that was a really cool topic. Again, I couldn't stay for all of it, but the general sentiment was, there's a lot more that goes into the process of buying and selling a business beyond arriving at a mutually agreed upon price. Uh, a great takeaway is, you know, once an offer is accepted, then the work begins. Uh, and, and on a personal note, um, this show marked the end of my term as chair of the BSCC. My wife, of all people, certainly feels the association is in a better place now that my term is over. We both work from the office. She hears me calling the roll and taking votes and can't believe anyone gives me any official responsibilities. But uh, joking aside, it's an absolute honor to be on the committee. Um, one of the positives and negatives of the BSCC is it operates in a, in a blind, confidential fashion. Um, the committee does an amazing job, I feel, incorporating the interests of organizations throughout our space, large ones and small ones. I think the composition of council is very well represented within the different areas of our industry. Large company representatives, small company representatives, vendors, affiliate members, global members. I'm happy to continue um, and believe the work that the council does is among the most important things that we can do as an association. So that's kind of my recap of the show. Um, lastly, uh, sponsorships remain available for podcasts that I'll be um, finishing up in 2022 and into 2023. We average several hundred listeners an episode, and they comprise a broad range of industry insiders across the space. Let me know if you're interested. I'll be happy to send you a rate card. Hope everyone enjoyed this episode of Background Check Radio in my recap on the 2022 annual conference. Have a great day, everyone. 